This podcast, as it is, is brought to you by Scribophile. Check them out at Scribophile.com. This is Ditch Diggers, Season 7, Episode 18. Ditch Diggers appear and ain't no wannabes here. With some not-so-nice advice for your writing career, to be clear. No punches will be pulled, but the punch may be spiked. How they like before they get on the mic. To my left, we got the mighty Mer Lafferty. And if I piss her off, believe me, she'll come after me. And her co-host, Matt Evan Wallace, on the right. Yes, she may be half as hype as she can take him in a fight. So settle in, folks, buckle in and boot up. Time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up. It's hard work, but the perk is that it's fun and exciting. Facebook will still be there when you're done writing. Ditch Diggers! It's pretty much the epitome of ditch diggers don't get ditch digger block, and therefore I shouldn't get writer's block or streaming block. If streaming block is a thing, pod block. That's starting to sound like something else. Anyway, this is my show, Ditch Diggers. Uh, I usually have a co-host, Matt Wallace. Matt is a very busy guy, and I was unable to get a hold of him before the show, and we put it on the stream thing, and I'd already missed Monday. So, I figured, why not do it myself, but also, there are people working in the house, which means I have to be in the basement or outside. And I already went outside, and it's hot. And so now I'm in the basement, so the light and the audio should be perfect for a beautiful basement stream. Hey, Al. Love the hat, thank you. You may call it a hat, I may call it something to show that I, to keep the hair from proving that I did not wash my hair yet today. But uh, yeah, when I got here, I realized that I started to set everything up on my Mac and I realized I stream on the PC, so I don't have any Mac uh, software anymore. And I didn't have, figured I wouldn't have time to set it up. So anyway, enough about this. My exciting news was that on Monday I finished the albatross around my neck. As EA Podcast says, the uh, Jacob Marley chain and lock box. Yesterday I actually imagined myself wandering around the afterlife whining about this novella I could never ever finish. And like haunting other writers who were choosing to play video games instead of finish their work and say, no, don't do it. You'll have forever regrets, eternal regrets. And then I decided perhaps I should stop thinking I'm Jacob Marley and, you know, finish the damn thing. So uh, I finished it. Word count was like between 20 and 22,000, which, you know, my goal was 20,000. So that was pretty good. It's sometimes hard to make a goal like that. But, um, yeah, and so then I've been doing the recovery time, which is part morning, part trying to get your, your, your brain to stop thinking, okay, good morning, Mert, you have to go work on the thing again today, when there's no thing to work on. There are things to work on, but not the thing with the capital T. I'm really glad I have coffee.
So, I'm not sure what's going on in the world. I've been uh, keeping myself off Twitter. So, uh, if there are any, do we have a Twitter, what do they call it? The main character? The, the Twitter main character? Construction zone, very appropriate. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes, Lee. I am uh, streaming from my basement with my phone because of a variety of, of perfect storm things happening. So, uh, and you can see we've had this house for 23 years. Yeah, 23 years next month. And we still have not finished the basement. This is crap that the person before us did to the, yeah. It's great. Good morning, Cheryl. Good to see you. So yeah, I'm supposed to be talking about ditch diggers, which I always said doing it alone would be hard because it would just be I should be writing with swearing. But I'm just really glad that I finished the damn thing. And so I've got something else on my mind, and that is um, my first outline for my next book kind of got kicked back to me with some uh, issues. And so my new plan is what I probably should have done in the first place, which is come up with a number of ideas. It's going to be the same people in the same setting, but uh, the story, the conflict will be different. And I've decided to do that three times at least. And that's going to be tough. But because I'm not going to be tying myself to a an eight-page outline like I did before, it should be easier, a little bit easier, I think. Um, and if what if the way my life goes, if if it goes the way my life usually goes, then um, she'll probably love the one I like the least, and that one will get lots of award nominations. I'm just going by. Uh, uh, experience here and I'm sorry about the noise it should stop soon um, I'm trying to think where the tripod is I'm not sure so I'm gonna keep propping it up on my leg which is propped up against the wall hey star-eyed green good to see you Wimbleback We'll be back shortly on your way home. I see. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what Wimbleback means, but I'm pretty sure you mean we'll be back. But it's fun trying to figure it out. Hey, Todd. Um, oh. I, I'm going all over the place. Sorry. There's a... My new adventure will be out, is out today from six to start, which is, um, it's called Godmaker, which is a lot better than the, the name I gave it, which is exciting. But, um, it's my, it's a fantasy story I've been wanting to write for a really long time and I could never get it to, a. you know, present it in a way that my, uh, that anybody got excited about it. And so, uh, I never wrote it. And then when Six to Start were looking for running adventures, I figured um, I would try that one. So it's, you know, the concept of an old woman sitting atop a hill at 
above a necropolis, a city of, of both uh, mortuaries and people who specialize in funereal services. Um, yeah, the, the, there's an old woman who sits in a, in a little cabin above the city and carves household gods and sells them. And that was pretty much my idea. And, uh, it's, it's just never could flesh it out to where anybody wanted it. But now it is available at, uh, if you are a six to start zombies run VIP member, which it just means you pay the yearly membership. And, um, which I think is like $8 or something, you get Godmaker and a ton of other non-zombie related running adventures, including what I wrote with my dear friend EA Podcasts right now, um, the book, uh, the, the adventure Wreck Runner, which is a science fiction salvage ship adventure. So, um, yeah, they used to sell the the adventures separate from Zombies Run, but I think they're just doing, um, uh, they're putting everything inside Zombies Run now and just trying to sell Zombies Run as a much larger race type thing, service. So it's technically free for you if you're a Zombies VIP member, but I am very happy with this one. Um, I didn't have the short amount of time. Um, yeah, of course, I get a text from my husband in the middle. Let's see if I can do this without screwing everything. Yes, it's, uh, I had to answer a text and did not realize that would kill the stream. So, doing great. So, anyway, the, uh, yeah, Wreck Runner was science fiction and lots of a really awesome ensemble cast of people trying to uncover some major mysteries while salvaging wrecks while running. And we were up against a time period, like a time slot. You had to, it was like a 5k type mission where the things that you wanted to happen, uh, were triggered at different mile posts or kilometer posts. And this one is not necessarily a race. It's just an adventure, which means I guess the, um, story events happen at different times. So yeah, I'm curious to see how that plays out. So there's no like running against the clock. Oh God, we got to get to, we got to run five kilometers and, and which is what's built into most of these, um, sort of adventure races. Like zombies run has two adventure races a year and it's kind of with that flavor. But, um, yeah, this one was just, running around, running through ossuaries and uh, temples to the sun and running across a giant, um, yeah, the city is walled in by coffins. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to write. Um, hello, Glenn. Good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. Tree Lobsters is here. I just got rid of chat. There we go. Here, cinema is here. Hey. Yes, we had we did have big fun writing that. Wreck Runner was so much fun. Please send me the links you need for that, and I'll drop in a signal boost in the full lid this week. Thank you. Um, that would be great. 
Wimbleback absolutely needs to be the name of an intensely gentle, nice transformer. Okay, Alistair, I think you're going to need to do a Wimbleback fanfic. Um... So yeah, the, the, that's coming out. I turned something in. I'm going through a number of um, outlines. And I think what I'm going to do is, and I know this is kind of talking about craft, but really it, it, it feels businessy because I don't want to keep throwing, putting all my effort into one story and then throwing it against the wall and see if it sticks. I want to spread out my effort across three stories and see which one she likes the best. But um, my plan is to start watching some serialized mysteries online, like, uh, or streaming rather, like Midsummer Murders or uh, Broken Wood is another favorite, and see if I can get my mind around the, the, um, the characters are the same, well, the main characters, the ones that don't die or murder. They're the same. The uh, setting is the same. But the murder is going to be different. The motive is going to be different. So it's... Um... Damn it, that thing turned on again. Wow. If you're just joining us, uh, I am in the basement on my phone. I do not have my PC. I do not have my uh, sound set up. I have two dogs and noise elsewhere in the house. So, and uh, because I'm old, I can barely see the chat right now. So, <laughs> this is sort of an emergency stream. And I discovered I can't text because that shuts the stream down. So, um, it's rare that I can catch a daily stream. So I was happy to get the notification you were live. Glenn, I'm so happy you're here. And I hope you come back on a day that I'm a little better prepared than this when I don't have people in the house that I'm hiding from because pandemic and uh, I'm not, I have like good audio and good camera. But anyway, the point is that we're talking about ditch digging and this is one of those things that you just kind of have to deal with. So, um, I'm trying to remember who the, the, latest main character on Twitter was. Do we, do we have a main character yet? I do remember last week somebody talking about um, how it's pretty much a... The publishers are trying to engage authors a lot with using your social media network to promote your friends and family, your connections, they want to know who you know in the media. They want to know um, who you think should blurb your book. And on one hand, it's a little unfair because that's not our jobs. It's like, I'm lucky I know as many people in um, fiction and sci-fi media online that I do. Sorry, trying to change. Mm. Yeah, this will be one for the VODs, won't it? Um, um, sorry. So, 
I, I understand what they're doing because a lot of authors do build up their, um, you know, do work on their social media thing, partly because social media is fun and almost everybody does it, but also just because they know it's going to be important to their brand later on. But I believe someone did some studies and they're not showing that an author actually talking about their work frequently moves a lot of books. And I mean, unless you are somebody with millions of followers, but I mean, even I've got a respectable 15,000 on Twitter and I can tell you when I promote something, I don't see a big uh, difference. And it's, it's kind of depressing, especially since the publishers keep pushing on, on that aspect, but uh, somebody did a really interesting, the, pub, the publishers are gaslighting the um, authors and showing this one book got a small advance-ish and got not a lot of marketing support. And another book got the small advance increased by an order of magnitude and got lots of support. And surprisingly, the one they spent the most money on got sold the best. Um, I don't know. It's hard. We do a lot of, we try to move as much as we can. And I think Gail Carriger talked about this recently, uh, not recently, uh, one time I had her on and she was talking about the um, building her street team, trying to put out more things that are self-pub, stuff like that. And it's still, the, the, the publisher still makes a lot of difference. Um, Alistair says, there was the guy who put up a satirical article about how he won't eat Indian food because it all has one spice. Oh, I did not hear about that. I always hear, I always get the subtweets. Like I, I saw someone talking about Indian food sort of randomly, but most everybody I know likes Indian food. So I did not think it was that strange, but that puts it more in context. I, um... <clears throat> Yeah, it's just, don't write satire just to stir up people. And if you are doing it and you get a lot of pleasure from it, maybe, you know, look at yourself. Because there's enough people spreading a whole lot of pain right now just to get a rise out of somebody. It was also the, I got an offer very quickly, therefore my book is best bullshit nonsense from a little while back. I, I don't remember specifically what you're talking about. I know a lot of people who got a big offer quickly and mismanage their situation. Um, I've gone over the how advances work frequently, but I never know who's paying attention. So if you guys want me to go over how advances work, exactly how advances work, let me know and I'll run it by you. But um, just the short version is I had, um, I figured out that a $100,000 
trilogy deal, paid out over four years, you'd make more money working at McDonald's than that big shiny six-figure advance. Oh, here's something for ditch digging. I recently got a, um, a note that I could be offered a project that would be very sweet in the short term, but not good in the long term. And it was a, it was an unpleasant, hard decision to make. And I figured I'm at a point in my career where I want to think of what will help me in the long term. I'm not a bestseller. I'm not a Stephen King. I can't fart on a piece of paper and have someone buy thousands, millions of copies. And if I can't, I wouldn't want to. So I need to be thinking about, um, I won't say anything specific about it, but it was a work for hire process, project, which was meant the money was nice, but it would never, ever, ever earn royalties. So that money would no matter how good the book did, no matter how bad the book did, that's the good thing about work for hire, but no matter how good the book did, I would always have that X amount and no more. And right now I'm trying to think of twice a year I get, all of my books have earned out. So twice a year I get uh, royalties for those books. It's not a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's not a lot, but it is nice getting a little bit of money every year. And the larger I make my backlist that earns royalties, the more money I'm going to have churning out as I go along. And if I did the work for hire, that would be short-term money and no long-term rewards. I even, it's like, this is one thing that, that's weird. I did a work for hire project, um, the Minecraft book. And because it was work for hire, I don't get to see... The sales numbers. It's not like they, they, they keep them from me. I'm sure if I asked them, they would send them to me. But I have a portal uh, on the publisher site where I can log in and see how my books are doing. And um, like I did the novelization for Solo, and so and that has royalties, so I can log in and see how many books have sold and where I am in earning out that advance. But when I'm not tracking, you know, looking up how much money I've made per book, they think I don't care about the numbers. And I would like to know how it sold, but because I'm not making any more money off of it, they figure, why should they tell me? Um, again, I'm not acting like the specific people I work with are terrible. They're, they're fine. They're just, um, it's just the way it goes. They, they, why would I want to know the number of sold if it has nothing to do with any money I'm earning? So that's fun. Um, so yeah, I, I had to back away from that project and that was, that was not easy, but I'm trying to think long-term. I'm trying to be a grown-up. I'm trying to be a ditch digger. Um, is how, how is everybody else doing? Either the chat's not scrolling or I just put my finger in front of the phone. I, I gotta say again, if you're joining us, I've had the perfect storm of uh, people working in the house and me not being to be able to my PC and uh, going solo on ditch diggers and um, noises. So I am in my basement stairwell. 
The dogs have at least calmed down. They're lying on the nice cool floor. So there's that. Um, if anybody wants to, uh, I, could, I can turn on dog cam for a second, I think. Let me see if I can switch the camera. Yeah, I'll turn on dog cam for a second. There's, there's Tricky, and there's Rosa, and you're seeing some of our messy basement. Yes, I said your name. So, they ran around outside and played really hard, and now they're hot and tired, so they get to nap. And that was my foot. Here we go. Yay for doing the things as a grown-up. Yeah, Jasmine, it's, it's, it's hard. You just want, like... You want the shiny thing, and you want the shiny thing now because we have the internet, we have Amazon Prime, and we've lost entire sections of our brains to the desire for instant gratification. That's probably putting it a little bit over the top. But honestly, we do have some problems with... Uh, we've all turned into Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The Wait, the... Book is one name and the the movie is another. And then there's the Johnny Depp thing. And I forget what they're all called. But yeah, Willy Wonka, you know what I mean. The good one. The Gene Hackman one. Hey Primalina, yes, cute pups. Cute pups are tired. Double pups are tuckered out. Of course, now that we've got like quiet. All I can hear is the echoing of the stairwell. Anyway, is there anything people want to talk about regarding business, writing, current events, dogs, the world? I've been mostly focusing on um, um, been mostly focusing on how getting over this project and um, I just heard from Matt. He's alive. He apologizes. He's been uh, focusing on something business-oriented, actually. Um, Todd is well actually made Gene Wilder was Willie. I say Gene Hackman? Oh, God. Thank you. I got the Gene right. I'm a child of that era. I remember names. It's okay, Todd. Um, it's okay. I'm teasing you. I appreciate the, the uh, info. It's a little easier, you know, knowing you. You're not like some rando jumping in to tell me I'm wrong and then running away. With treats to the dogs get some friends like milk bones and other buds like snossages. Um... They usually get these, we buy a big tub of like tiny little milk bone treats. So it's like each treat is only four calories or something. But it's like when you study the brain, it, it doesn't matter how big the treat is, just that they get it. And so we can give them treats that are smallish and uh, they're happy with it. <laughs> oh, saying this out loud sounds so bad. In the office, I keep a bag of stale treats that I got on sale after Christmas because the dogs don't care when Christmas is and they don't care when something tastes like gingerbread. So in September, you know, August and September, they're getting 
stale treats that taste like gingerbread because I, th those treats were on sale last year and they've, uh, yeah, they're happy. It hits the dopamine just fine. So yeah, they get the, the crappy treats and they, it takes them a little longer to chew through it because they're stale, but they seem happy. Uh oh, one of them's wandering away. How do I mute? Can I mute? Yes. Okay. Ah, there's a camera there. Yes, doggy. Doggy came back, didn't she? Okay. Yeah, this is more of a hiding in the basement, talking to dogs kind of stream than useful writing information. But man, I've just been dealing with the brain is tapioca thing. I try to do, like even when I try to do the ADHD, you know, dealing with ADHD by writing a little bit every day and not getting to where you're trying to do something on a hyper-focus, exhausting mission, it still feels like the last day is, is like 10 hours of hyper-focus, I must get this done. And this was a self-imposed deadline. I just knew I was near the end and wanted to hit it. And so I think maybe, you know, I'm just gonna have to take, uh, accept the fact that, um, that is how I work and it's not bad. It's just something I need to, to uh, plan for. Hey, Asarian. I'm imagining Gene Wilder and Unforgiven. <laughs> I bet mean, Gene Wilder could do anything. Happy is good. Hiding in the basement, talking to dogs, the best album title I've heard all week. Actually, I think that would be a podcast slash stream that would do better than anything I've ever created before. And then, you know, the dogs could earn back some of what we've paid uh, for their treatment with the various things, with the toenails and the pancreatitis that turned into, I'm going to keep acting sick even after I get better because you're paying more attention to me. I called my vet and told her that he was a little shit. Maybe I said he was an asshole. I swore at the vet, not at the vet, to the vet, just saying he's fine. He's a little asshole. He wants a lot of attention and he's pre pretending to be worse off than he is. And she was a little startled, but I guess she understood. Think of it behind the scenes of an art thing. Yes, the art that is our basement stairwell. Um, roll flip, Gene Hackman and Gene Wilder sounds like the best idea ever. That's true. Wow, Superman would have been really fun. I mean, Superman was fun. But having Gene Wilder just smile mysteriously as Lex Luthor, I, I, would, I would buy it. 
OnlyFans just reversed their decision, by the way. Wow, that's... That's impressive. I believe they, they knew where they were getting their money from. It's like Purina saying, yeah, we're not going to sell cat food anymore. Probably going to stop dog food, too. Because does, any, does anybody watch OnlyFans for anything else other than the naughty bits? I had, uh, over the winter, uh, back in January, I was in a sort of Patreon-supported uh, accountability club kind of thing where I'd meet with a group of people every week and talk about um, our various goals. And what we had in common was that we were all using Patreon for our creative goals. But aside from that, we were all very different. There was uh, the manager of a prog rock guy and there was a sex podcaster and OnlyFans guy and there was me and there was a woman who does crafting on her Patreon and it was amazing to just hear how they did their stuff and um, and, and advice I could get on you know not necessarily taking everything that the sex guy did and talked about it as OnlyFans account, but taking the spirit of which. I read um, I read a fascinating article about how OnlyFans makes its money, or rather, people on OnlyFans, and it's it was a little sad because it talked about you're selling an experience of closeness and friendship and intimacy, sexual or otherwise. And um, it's a... But giving people just enough so they always want more is a key... It it was very marketing heavy and, and gross. And I think that's one of my problems right now because I know that they're... There are marketing tricks that work, and I have never felt in like I'm. I always feel dirty when I think like that, but I see it work for other people. So obviously, there are people out there that don't mind, but I always feel like if I'm going to be doing lots of um, marketing talk. Y'all are going to just see straight through me. Um, yeah. Let's see. Sorry. Uh, Cheryl, I will get to you in a moment. I keep to scroll. I have to put my thumb over the camera. Sorry. Living embodiment of the old Eddie Izzard routine. Hello. Fuck you all. Why is no one applauding? <laughs> I don't think I know that one. But that was pretty good. Why, why isn't anybody giving me money? Fuck you all. Although there are some streamers who probably get away with that just fine. OnlyFans has naughty bits? Hmm. Flinty McIron Pants was here and then they're gone. Uh, it's good knowing you. Thank you for dropping by. I've seen a few folks use OnlyFans for non-adult content. I've seen a lot of folks use OnlyFans for not adult content, but you can only get my cosplay at OnlyFans kind of stuff. 
interesting. Um, okay, Hasarian, I will get to your question after we get to Cheryl's. Uh, writing question, since my business brain is failing, how did you decide to write the project you just finished as a novella versus a novel? Was it the publicist's request or did you pinch it at that length? Um, the publisher had a lot more to do with it than you'd think. I tried to pitch it as a novel and uh, we couldn't sell it. No one was interested. And then um, I'd heard that Audible Originals were doing some really great stuff. And I love the two Scalzi stories I've read, uh, The Dispatcher and the follow-up to that. So um, I had her contact somebody and they said, sure, pitch me some stuff. And I'm like, well, nobody wanted it. They said, no, we want novellas because they're getting to be more popular than the novels. So they go, um, they're going to, they said, pitch a novella. So I thought, well, I could take that idea I had and, and streamline it and pitch it as a novella. And that worked. I may have to go on mute in a moment. I believe my family just got home. And since I'm not in the streaming room, they're not going to know not to come down here. Um, so, yeah, it was sort of a needs must thing. It didn't sell as a novel, so I tried to pitch it as a novella and that sold. Alistair, I really need to see that uh, OnlyFans thing, the, the Eddie Izzard thing. Okay, Hasaria has a question. Did you write any differently for Audible than you would for something primarily in print? Mm, not really. I did... There were a couple of things I put in there that I thought would not translate well to print. Um, I mean, to Audible. It's like... I think about that a lot because of Escape Pod. There's some stories we've had to reject simply because we didn't think it would work well in Audible. Or audio, sorry. I remember listening to uh, Becky Chambers' book, Closed in Common Orbit, and the narration was great. And I love the story. That's her, that's the favorite book of hers that I have. But when there were lots of like message board and email posts going up, the narrator read the timestamp and the, the address of every person involved every time and it really really dragged and so I had to make sure that I mean the closest I did the problem is it's about codes so I couldn't put too many codes actually in the story I had to talk about like okay we're gonna slip this message into this song using this kind of code but the actual like garbage j word jumble or letter jumble was not uh, done one second. My husband says hi, everybody, by the way. Um, so, yeah, Hazarian, I think it's, it has to do with uh, thinking about your... Um, thinking about how your person is going to be um, consuming the thing. And, you know, if it's something where you, you sell E and print and audio rights, then that's cool. 
Um, I think I'm going to run upstairs so I can at least sit in a better chair. So I will uh, BRB. I'm just going to not make you sick, so I'll turn off the camera. And Kay Kimmy, I will tell you exactly what's been going on in a moment. It seems I can't turn off the camera, so uh, if you need to look away because it's going to start moving around, you might want to. Well, that was exciting. So yes, I'm at my desk now, so the light's better and the chair is more comfy, but I'm not gonna make you guys wait until I to set all this up again. So, uh, yeah, it was fun. I dropped the phone and it ripped the headphones out. Hi, yes. Go away, shoo, shoo. So, what'd I miss? Do I want to know what I've missed here? Well, okay, Kimmy, I had uh, one of those days where it was kind of the perfect storm of I couldn't get in touch with Matt. We'd promised a stream. Uh, there were people in the house, so I had to be in the basement. Uh, I forgot that since I got a PC over winter, I have not streamed on my Mac, so I didn't have any software set up to stream on the Mac. And I remembered, oh, the phone will do it, but the phone is limited in its capability. So... Um, I've been trying not to shaky cam too much and hope that the audio is tolerable. Maybe. Um, present location is laundry room vibes. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It, it was the stairwell to the basement. And my coffee is getting cold. Okay. Underpope has a question. I hate my novel right now. How do I get past that so I can keep working on it again? Um, remember a while back I talked about how emotions are not reality. And the day I realized that for real was an eye-opener, big time, because I realized that my emotions and my brain chemicals fluctuate through the day, every day. And so some days something bad happening can, you can deal with it like, oh, okay, that, that, that shitty thing happened. And then other days you could just be like, that thing happened. My life is over. I'm going to go cry and eat a whole ba bag of cookies. Same thing, but you react to it differently emotionally. So you need to remember that you are, you know, this, this job you've asked yourself to do, you're getting an opinion of it that's probably based on fear or fear of failure, performance anxiety, some sort of uh, it could be the 35,000 word wall that a lot of people hit um, this was a while back but I remember Neil Gaiman talking about his uh, he contacted his agent to tell her that he's pretty sure his book sucked and he was sorry but she was probably going to have to tell the publisher that the book was either not going to come or was going to suck and she's like are you at 35,000 words? And he said, yeah, why? And she said, Neil, you call me every 
time you get to this point in a book and you say the exact same things. That is a point where emotions are not reality. You told yourself you were going to write this book. And it's what you want to do. It's what you want to work on. So this is where we, we do the ditch digging thing. This is a, well, I think it sucks, but I need to finish it. And finish it. And you might be right. Maybe it sucks. But remember, you still learn something when you write something bad. If only you learn what mistakes you made and try not to do them again. But uh, I think you just need to take a step back and realize these emotions I'm having may or may not be true. And you want to write a book, so do it. And I know it's not that easy. I, I believe me, I know. I just worked, I've worked on this novella for months and months and months and months. 20,000 words, months and months and months. Well, because I've written each one of those words probably about three times. So, uh... Yeah. Um, Laundry Room Vibes is the name of my memoir. Awesome. Okay. Tree Lobster says, One thing that I was told about audiobooks, repeated the word use of said stands out more for audiobooks than it does for print. While reading a book, the reader's eyes sort of skip over it. Yes, but if it's not there, uh, they might get stuck in the dialogue if it's a lot of back and forth. That's why adding in things like... Um, oh, what is it? Crap. That's why adding in uh, direction, like descriptors and directions and emotions while people are talking can help. Like you could say, uh, she stared at the book she dropped on the floor and then line of dialogue. You don't have to say said, but you know that the woman who dropped the book on the floor is the one saying it. I've definitely noticed the said thing with certain authors. I learned... I did not realize how much that woman in Scotland uses adjectives. Uh, no, adverbs, sorry. That's one of my biggest embarrassments. I always have to think for a second if it's adjective and adverb. An adverb has verb in the name. Why is an adjective noun an adverb? Language is weird. Anyway, um, like, that lady in Scotland cannot write a sentence without giving an adverb on how somebody said something. And, boy, that stands out big time in uh, audio. Of course, no one's going to miss Agatha Christie, who said, Someone said something adenoidally. She really has a problem. She really likes to write serving girls or maids with uh, nasal accents and likes to talk about their adenoids. Adenoidally. It's in The Moving Finger. It stuck out so much I remember exactly what book it's in. <laughs> Adenoidally. Uh, 
I've worked on making my characters easier to understand by how they speak for that reason. I was actually thinking of Scalzi having that said problem with red shirts when he heard, when he heard the audiobook. Oh, okay. Yeah, making sure your characters have distinct voices. Um, it's hard, but when you do it, do it well, it's amazing. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Sex in the City are the two that immediately come to mind as being an ensemble cast that everybody speaks very, very differently. And, uh, you know, despite what you may think about the content of those shows or the qualities of the people making them, uh, you could study the dialogue in those shows and learn a lot. I'm reminded of my favorite line from my movie version 2010, he evoked Lincoln. Anytime a president is going to get us in trouble, they always evoke Lincoln. <laughs> Man, I'm not, I think I've seen that movie maybe twice. And if I saw it in the theater, I had no idea what was going on. Very young. I'll come back, chat. I'm a firm believer in killing it just to watch it die. If you can finish it just to not have it in your head anymore, that's still a victory. Also, once it's not there, you'll return to it a few months later and promise you will like it better. Thank you, Alistair. That's very good points. I know that was under Pope's question, but I needed to hear that today, kind of in the I hate my book phase too. Yeah, it happens. It's like, I have this great idea. I can't make the great idea as great on paper than it is in my head. And so clearly I'm garbage and the book is garbage and I'm never going to be a writer and it's terrible. I like the idea of giving one of these characters some business that helps distinguish them in dialogue. Tucking that one away for future use. Yeah, nervous tics, um, eating, drinking. Smoking used to be a big one. People don't write about people smoking so much anymore. But uh, yeah, little actions. You can even show personality traits that you never ever ever have to say. This person is a neat freak, but if they're not looking at someone and arranging their desk uh, while they have a conversation, that evokes a lot of emotion right there. Or if they're, you know, complaining that the desk is clean and they can't find anything, that, that, that tells you something else about them. Probably that their name is Murr. Um... Okay, I'm caught up on chat. Yay. You know, thank y'all for coming and hanging out with me in my uh, awkward stream. It's, uh, yeah, I've learned something. But yeah, as for business, it's, um, you know, I, I am, if you're new here, you should know that I am firmly on the side of authors need agents. Um, I have no authors who are agents or were agents and they have agents because they're not going to, they don't trust them to do the, do it themselves. And also it's kind of hard to sell your own stuff without sounding like an asshole. I mean, using, if you're doing an agent thing and talking about your client, that's one thing. But if you exchange everything 
about my client and replace it with me, it does not sound the same, but I digress. This deal and another deal, the deal I mentioned I turned down and uh, another deal really showed me that there's so much more to a book deal than the bottom line of money because the rights matter, the royalties matter, um, the territories matter, the placement of commas matter. It's a big mess. And I would recommend nobody sign a contract without an agent or hiring an intellectual property lawyer to look at it if you can't get an agent. Although if you have a contract, you probably should be able to get an agent unless the contract is tiny. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's, um, I think I mentioned this before, but I had a, I'm of course not going to say what, cause it's, it's, I'm not going to talk crap about some, uh, perfectly legit publisher out there, but, um, it did happen to where I was going to donate a story for charity and I had donated a story to them before and uh, my agent at the time said hang on the lawyers are um, troubled by one line in the contract and I'm like it's a free story I get nothing what I mean, they have the intellectual property rights they have the you know th this they can't take any more from me if I'm giving it away but what the lawyers caught was that the previous story I had um, donated said that, oh, crap, what was it? It was like an amount of the gross sales would be sent to charity. The next contract said the, an amount of the net sales would go to charity, which means there's less money going to charity than the last one I did. And I'm guessing the publisher kept the rest. I don't know, but I was, I was annoyed and I was amazed that the lawyers caught that tiny little thing because they had to have gone back and looked at my previous contract and then compared the two. And yeah, it's like little bitty things like that are just not stuff that I can figure out. So that's why I recommend everybody, uh, Agents are good. Hey, Joey T. Badger. My client is going to be the next Ray Bradbury versus I'm going to be the next Ray Bradbury. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot, of, a lot of new writers tell that to agents. Usually JK, Lady in Scotland, or uh, James or Stephanie Meyer. Or Patrick Rothfuss. Or, yeah, but still. I had no idea the stream was happening until I happened to glance at my phone and saw the Twitch notification. Well, Underpope, you have not missed much. It's a uh, phone stream starting in my basement and ending up in the office. And I'm clearly not prepared, but uh, I'm still trying to do the, well, I promised I'd do a stream. So let's talk about the business of writing. Yay! But you can see my really, really old picture of me with Neil Gaiman right there. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, man, I hope I don't regret turning that down. Zoom, enhance. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and just turn it around. Very old, rather washed out. At Dragon Con many, many, many years ago. So, yeah. That was me standing in a very long line. I don't even remember what, what I got signed. I don't know. Um, so what else is, is getting to people on the subject of business and writing? Oh, not too much of a close-up, Mer. Come on. Yeah, it's weird now that I actually, I mean, we're not best buds, but uh, now that I know Neil casually, he, he remembers me at least. That, that's as far as I can go that I know him. Uh, it still feels weird having that, that hero picture on the wall, but it was always the picture I put on the wall to encourage myself to, you know, chase the dream of being a writer rather than, uh, you know, meeting a, a, an idol of mine was another step of what can I, can, can I build this career? Can I experience this? Is that Papyrus? That is Papyrus. Uh, Numbers Ninja did a uh, cosplay of Papyrus at Balticon 50 and uh, won one of the awards. Best application of fabric paint. I believe. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a great, great uh, costume. And uh, she kept the, the mask. Yeah, she's, she's, she's got some art skills with a Z. Did you see the picture I posted on Twitter yesterday, Joey T. Badger? Um, she had just done the Leech Ingram, Hewitt Best, uh, rod.com drawing with, you know, the blue flames of incineration that they did not die from all around them. Um, yeah, I promise if, if, if you are, if you do happen to be new here, I promise you that the next stream will be a lot better with lighting and makeup and a camera that doesn't shake because my hand's getting tired and stuff like that. It's just today, the magic day of the basement. I guess I'm still thinking about the hiding in my, in my basement, talking to my dogs stream. Cause that really feels like a taping bacon to your cat, cat moment. Like John Scalzi, bestseller, um, major bestseller, huge, huge fans. Uh, he's been a media writer before he ever was a science fiction writer. So he had um, media skills and has one of the oldest blogs on the internet, blah, blah, blah. But nothing has ever been as popular as the time he taped a piece of bacon to his cat and put that picture on the internet. 
So, uh, yeah. So, so if I do my hiding in the basement, talking to dogs, I would probably have to get a tripod specifically, specifically for the phone, but, um, that might be as good as taping bacon to your cat every day. Yeah. Don't know if I could talk to my dogs every day in a way that people would want to hear. But I know the dogs would make it better. I, I do want you to know that even though I can't attach dog cam to this specific stream, I believe uh, the dog is asleep on his companion cube rug now. Is somebody snoring over there? I don't know. Yeah, Cheryl, uh, Numbers Ninja is not in the chat right now. Uh, she had a appointment. So, uh, but I will tell her. Thank you. I could read to the dogs. I could. I wonder what stories they would like. Probably stories about food, breakfast, treats. I could go through a public domain book and replace certain nouns with treats and certain times of day with breakfast and certain verbs with walkies. And then that would be interesting. It's like Mad Libs, dog Mad Libs with uh, public domain books. Read to my dogs. And yet none of you have yelled, shut up and take my money, so. I keep thinking of The Great Gatsby. Would The Great Gatsby be good with that? A lot of doggy, fancy balls and decadence and the gray light over the water because they can't see color. Yes, dog libs. Summon evil myrrh. Oh my goodness, Joey. Um, let's see. Fancy balls myrrh. All right. Uh, I will summon even evil myrrh. Uh, Joey, do you have a preference of color? I got pink, black, green, blue, and purple, pink and yellow, brown. Cho choose a color. Black. Okay. Mm. Uh, great, there's half of one. Oh, here we go. It'll be a milkman or something. Okay, I have to put this down so I can uh, put on the mustache. Hang on, you can look at my books. They're very pretty. Adhesive. Bend to my will. It worked. All right, I feel like a butcher. Evil Mur, Evil Mur the butcher. Now I'm having to do this off the top of my head because Evil Mur is programmed into my stream deck, which is plugged into the computer that I'm not using. But I would say that um, I think taking your creative energy and putting it towards rewriting public domain books for dogs, um, 
writing parodies of books that are more popular than yours and just writing four to 14,000 word hit pieces on authors you don't like is the, uh, needs to be promoted more as a way to uh, enhance your writing career. Because actually working on your own stuff, it's boring and no one will care. But Dog Mad Libs, parodies of more successful books, more successful authors, more popular authors, and uh, hit pieces online, it's also a great use of your time. Because once you uh, defeat all your enemies, because this is a computer game, this life we have, then you will be a best-selling author by default, because everyone else will be dead. Metaphorically. So, that is Evil Mer for now. Um, ow. I still like the idea of um, doing a public domain read for my dogs. So to respond to our, all of our negative reviews, um, absolutely, you need to start off your day looking for your negative reviews and then um, responding to them all, both directly and on your social media to link to the review so all of your fans will go give the reviewer their point of view and their thoughts. And don't worry, it won't get... Um, to a level of harassment, because everybody really is uh, reasonable and kind on the internet. So yeah, every morning, check your negative reviews, send your users after them, write up your think pieces, and you know, if you're lucky, that'll only take you like half the day, and you can spend the other half of the day planning how you're going to spend your millions when that book eventually gets to be a bestseller. And then maybe like 9, 30, 10, you can write for half an hour before you fall asleep. That is how you build a career. I'm not even wearing the mustache. Oh no, this might be clipped. And people will think it's really me. I should get a, um, an image that is evil myrrh and just put that on the screen to, to flash up when, when it's uh, evil myrrh time. But no one summoned evil myrrh in a while. I think everyone had their fill when I did my uh, anniversary show last week. And I made, made Valerie's soul die. I'm sorry, Valerie. Oh, no, under Pope, I got it. I just uh, didn't put the mustache back on. How many sock puppet, pu puppet accounts should we make? That's a really good question. I have pretty much stuck with two, but I'm thinking as tools get more and more advanced to, um, you know, deal with sock puppets. I don't know that why they would because it's it's a completely legitimate way to communicate on the internet, especially if somebody doesn't want to talk to the other you. Um, you may want to get more. Um, all right, I'm just going to leave this on for a second. Just in case. I have a little bit more time for Evil Murder if anybody's got any questions. Um, sock puppet, I'd say start with two, work up to five. And then, then maybe have one for each, um, each area, each account, like have a Twitter one, a Twitch one, a Tumblr, all the T's. And then, um, you'll want to get a couple of Gmail and Hotmail accounts to, uh, to make new accounts for when you get banned. 
things like that. But yeah, good question. How many sock puppets? Because I don't really think about that. I just kind of make a new one when I need it. Yeah. Good thinking. Um, I was going to say something and now it's gone. I don't know. Finishing that novella really, really baked my brain. All right. I do want to say, and I will take the mustache off for this, that um, I mentioned this yesterday when I did the raid, but a lot of people, um, I, uh, people of color, LGBTQ folks who are streaming are getting uh, hate rated a lot and hate followed a lot. And there, there's just this new wave of harassment going on. And, um, if you follow anybody who's, um, black person of color, indigenous, uh, or part of the LGBTQ family, um, you know, give them, give them a follow, give them some attention on Twitch, tell them you're really glad they're there because the goal is to get, you know, to, to make these people so stressed out that they leave. And uh, it's a horrible thing. People keep telling them to use the tools. And a lot of these people are partners. They know how to use the Twitch tools. And they're still getting crap. So, you know, if you, if you find a new person and you follow them and you can't chat for like 10, 30 minutes, be understanding. Because that's one of the tools they're using to stop the harassment. But, uh, you know, tell them you're glad they're there. You're glad they're streaming. Um, and you know, I'm not even going to joke about that as evil more because it's not funny. There's a lot of shit going on right now. And if you could support your, um, the streamers you like, then go for it. You know, I haven't seen it and that's probably because of the color of my skin and my sexuality. Um, so it's, it's definitely queer and people of color people being targeted. Evil people gonna evil, yeah. Yes, hit all the T's, Hossarian. Yes, angry cat, K. Kami, very angry cat indeed. Um, I don't even know what time it is because I usually use my phone. I have a watch. Oh, it's 12.22. We have been going for an hour. And there's the mer evil emote. There's the knife emote, yay. That's not the evil emote. I should get an evil emote. I need to make a list of stuff that Numbers Ninja needs to do before, uh, before she goes. I mean, she could do emotes at school, but she should be doing homework and socializing because she didn't get that last year. Anyway, um, yeah, so, so support your, support your streamers. They need it right now. Um. Yeah, the, the, the Mer Knife one I'm very, very happy with. It's it's very cool. Oh, and we're going to be doing a, a Mer, a, a Tiny Mer writing with the giant pen, uh, enamel pins. I'm going to be ordering those today. I'm excited about those. Um, oh, yeah, poor Numbers Ninja. I'm going to have a list for her. Oh, darn, more work, right? Uh, 
let's see, mustache, okay, sorry, I gotta write stuff down or I won't remember it, especially when I'm this tired. Yeah, I'm also opening the merchandise shop for everybody come September. So um, the Patreon uh, supporters and the people who've supported on Twitch who've joined the um, Discord are have already heard about it. But um, yeah, sorry, I'm thinking and talking at the same time. Not about the same thing, so I'm not good at that. I always wonder how DJs do it. Or anybody who talks on TV. Or, you know, pointing out that when Zay Frank did the show on 2006, I referenced it last week, I think, on a podcast. Um, all of his on-camera time is, like, super close up, eyes wide, and talking at a slightly faster than conversational uh, speed and never, ever saying, um... Or pausing and I'm sure he scripted things out but even when I script things out I pause and say um sometimes and I've been doing this a long time so yeah I got I, I used to do a radio show with uh, my friend Sam and he was like the local the local classical station gave us a book show once a month maybe it was it was not very often but it was like a two-hour book show in the mornings and uh I was always impressed at how he could just talk and talk and while whenever I stopped talking I would be like oh god I stopped talking oh god now there's empty air oh god I'm still not talking so uh I enjoyed doing it but radio maybe not for me But yeah, we stopped when he got a uh, day job that took him in the other direction in the Research Triangle Park. So, um, yes, I have been going for an hour and I'm missing my overlays and actually looking like I know what I'm doing here. So um, I'm probably going to wrap up shortly. I can't raid, I don't think, because I can't see who's online and I don't even know if I can chat. Can I chat? No, no, I can't do any chatting. So, no raid today, but I will recommend um, you check out, just, just go around Twitch and see if there's somebody you can say something nice to. See if you can brighten up somebody's day. Because um, there's, there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of crap. Um, the ums prove I am human like you and not an evil robot. That's a very good point, Jasmine. Thank you. But um, thank you for tuning into Ditch Diggers. It's been entertaining, at least in its novelty right now. Um, hopefully you're going to get Matt back with us next week. And it'll be like all shiny and professionally planned. I might even put the green screen back up. And get a good background. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you guys have any other questions, let me know. Uh, thanks for hanging out, Alistair. Really appreciate you being here, as always. Um, everyone should follow EA Podcasts. Uh, they do 
gaming on Sunday morning, if you're in Europe, it's gaming at, oh God, why am I awake in the US? But, uh, and they also do nighttime, bedtime stories, 10 o'clock London time, so 5 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, they do interviews and do lots of cool stuff. So check out EA Podcasts and uh, also check out Joey T. Badger. Uh, Joey T. Badger does gaming streams. And when Blaseball is happening, uh, the Sports Hub, I believe it's the Sports Hub. Is that right, Joey, if you're still around? Um, but if you like Blaseball, then check out the Sports Hub when they do their stuff. So, um, makes, makes no to add alms to evil robot programming. <laughs> yeah. The chill hangout. I'm still thinking about the, the dogs in the basement thing. I'll let you guys know. That might be really funny. But, uh, yeah. If you want to follow me on Twitch, Twitter, and Tumblr, and yeah, pretty much everywhere. I'm Mighty Mur, uh, Mighty Mur at Gmail, and my website is Murverse.com. Probably should go ahead and buy MightyMur.com because that would be on brand, wouldn't it? Anyway, um, and please check out uh, my books, my podcasts, and uh, you know, if a subscriber could throw a couple of Mur emotes in this chat, just so everyone can see all the awesome awesome uh art that numbers ninja has done for me over the summer and uh actually this year uh, numbers ninja is taking commissions if you want your own awesome stream emotes or just character drawings um i believe they're nestle nightmare on twitch or twitter if you want to go to my stream i retweeted one of their pictures uh from yesterday so I think that's all the shilling I have to do. Oh, wait, oh, wait, the, 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 the Godmaker. I know I said it at the very beginning, but Godmaker is out on the Zombies Run app. It's not, it's not about zombies. You don't need, if you don't like zombies, don't worry about it. There are no zombies. It is about, okay, there are some zombies. Okay, so there are a couple of zombies, but it's not the Zombies Run world. It is a, uh, people racing through necropolises, ossuaries, across walls built from coffins um and a little old lady who's uh yeah who who carves household gods she's not quite a murder granny uh there has been a theme coming up in my work as of the past 15 years or so where i have to put a murder granny in my books but um yeah it's only a little bit of zombies and I don't know if I'd call the old woman, the Godmaker, a uh, murder granny, but she's definitely uh, hardcore. So uh, that's, if you check out the Zombies Run app on, uh, I think they're on all the platforms. You can get that for uh, the price of a VIP membership to Zombies Run, which I don't think is that much. Considering the amount of content you get, it's not a lot at all. And you don't have to run, you can walk. Um, there's all sorts of stuff you could do. So I'm very proud of this one. Anyway, I would raid, but I'm not gonna, cause I can't. This, uh, I'm learning a lot about Twitch mobile right now. <laughs> so yeah, 
be kind to yourself and to others. And thank you for watching this episode of Ditch Diggers. Um, I guess I'll put it in the feed. That should be interesting. But yeah, tomorrow I'll be back. Everything will be back to normal. It'll look all shiny and happy and new. And uh, we'll be talking about the question asked la uh, yesterday, which was about the what to do if you have 80 novel ideas. So um, thank you all. And thank you all for hanging out with me during this awkward, weird time. So uh, hopefully see you tomorrow. Take care. You can support us at patreon.com slash mightymur. Ditch Diggers! Theme song by Devo Spice, devospice.com.